is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am not a crusty crab. Ah, uh, what is up, everybody? It is time for another edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Yeah, that's right. It's Thursday, I think. Hoping. And, uh, yeah, this is what we do kind of every Thursday at noon here. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm wearing my Taking Back Sunday shirt that is old enough you can barely see that it's still Taking Back Sunday. And uh, as I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror on the way down here, I realized that, oh, that's why you never see fat kids wearing emo shirts. Yeah, because I look ridiculous in it. But I've cut the sleeves off. Therefore, it is my official uniform of the springtime edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. That's me. Just want to start with a little, uh, oh, I got fuzzy there for a second. How you doing, camera? <laughs> Logitech still just messing with me because it can, I guess. Uh, just a little housekeeping. I was successfully, for the first time, I was successfully able to uh, boost a Hard Rock Lunchbox Top 20 post. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> to be fair, I only spent $5 on it because I wanted to see what would happen. I did, I did check the stats this morning. Uh, and while it's funny because whenever I just post the top 20 from the Hard Rock Lunchbox page, what I usually get is like two engagements and no clicks. Uh, I got like 650 engagements and four clicks. Yeah, right. Totally worth it. <laughs> I'm going to let that roll for a little while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go ahead and advertise as many of these things as I can, and then we'll just... We'll kind of see what it does. Like, I want to bring people into the show. I want to bring people onto Stranger TV because I think there's good quality content, and that's kind of like what we're all doing there. Like, I, I honestly, if I knew what it took to build a channel, I think I would have done it already. So clearly, it should be clear to everybody that I'm just guessing just as much as everybody else, I suppose. And or like, I don't, I don't. Obviously, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just kind of winging it. So as always, if you have any ideas, hop up on the chat. Ninety nine. 90, 99.99. <laughs> Sound like a crazy Eddie commercial. Uh, 99WNRR will get you right into the live chat. And of course, you can always reach us at hardrocklunchbox uh, at gmail.com. And as always, any complaints, go over to our complaint department over at monty at cravingstrange.net. Thank you very much. What else we got going on in Strangerhood TV? So there is a brand new Top 20 out today, of course. This is the one where I talk about uh, how I can't believe it. everyone's pretending that they didn't see uh, what the, the the overturn of Roe v. Wade coming, because uh, I saw it coming, and I wasn't even really looking at it. I mean, like like I said in the in the show, like it's the stated goal of the conservative majority. That's exactly what they said they wanted to do. And you could tell, by the way, they wouldn't answer those questions directly at the confirmation hearing. It's exactly what they wanted to do, and so they did it. Like, and honestly, kudos to them for saying something, and you know, that's what they were going to do. And and normally with, with most political parties, right, both sides, it's not what they say, just, you know, it's not it's not what it's not watch what they say watch what they do 
unlike the top 20 where you really should watch what I say and don't really give a shit about what I do. Like, that's what I would do. But, um, you know, it's important to kind of just pay attention. But, like, in this particular case, like, that's what they said. They were appointing conservative justices because they wanted to could they want to be more conservative with basically what your rights are. Like it's right in the name. Conservative. Like it's not just fiscally conservative, it's social socially and liberally conservative as well. Like you're right. And uh, as I started to say last week, there is no there there's there's a there's like a little tiny window of the Supreme Court where they were actually protecting or enhancing rights. And unfortunately, that was the time that I grew up learning about the the Supreme Court um, because those were the most recent big decisions. That's, uh, you know, like I talked about last week, like Griswold versus Connecticut, Roe versus Wade, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, stuff like that. These are things that actually enshrined civil rights. And the Supreme Court has a history of not doing that. And if you're thinking about conservative justices on the Supreme Court, the conservative is that they're not expanding your rights. Like, conservation goes that way. So... No one should be surprised, and I'm actually a little surprised that people are surprised by it. But anyway, so I talk about that. I talk a little bit about dogma and stuff, which I'm going to talk about again today. Um, and I talk about like the difference between us and a direct democracy and why all that other stuff and blah, 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 blah. But uh, there is other stuff going on on Strangerhood TV, as always. Um, you can check out uh, the full interview with the band High Wind, and you can check out Seven Questions. Apparently, they doubled up again because I think the guys over at as my podcast, have no idea that it's no longer April. I don't know that that's the deal, but they've got Jake Gordon from Orgy, and they got Glacier Veins, or band. So they have seven questions from each of those, which, like, honestly, don't tell them, but it's, like, 14 questions at that point. So just some basic math. So I don't know what's going on, on over Bacon with my podcast, but they're definitely doubling down, doubling up, and doubling over uh, on the seven questions again. So maybe they have a problem. Maybe they don't. Maybe they need help. Maybe they need someone to talk to. I don't know. Might have a slight seven question addiction. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, got shows coming up. I think Craving Strange announced the 89 North show already. I think I saw the announcement video for that. Uh, if they didn't say it on there, uh, Rebel 9 is going to be a part of that show as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're working on a show also in Queens. I'm just waiting on the final lineups. I will let you know about that. And of course, uh, June 25th. Uh, is going to be like our big special night and I think I could talk more about that today so I will talk about that a little later Uh, and then yeah man let's get into the top 20 Uh, it's nice to see the chat filling up alright hello everybody in the chat I do I I do remember when they added um, the ability to just sort of log in on whatever name you wanted to add in. Like, you can log in as a guest and then type in your name like a lot of other um, chat rooms and stuff like that. And I really do appreciate sometimes the extra <laughs> extra effort that goes into people's names. I don't have that kind of time. Like, <laughs> I, I was actually the first one here today, which, when I tell you that never happens, like, never happens. And what is going on with my hair right there? Why is it sticking through? This goes on, like, at least once. Well, I was going to say at least once a month, but it's, like, got to be, like, every show. Cut my goddamn hair not all that long ago, and for some reason it just grew back. And I guess I should stop complaining because of all the th- all the problems I seem to have, like that's not one of them. So like, let's knock on some wood. Yeah, knock, 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 knock. And uh, boy, that compressor really just kicked in right there, huh? I should probably drop that. I really should fix that. I should do a lot of things. <laughs> I think I just found my opening clip. <laughs> 
Oh, man. It's funny. I uh, Every week when I post the top 20, I just kind of like try and figure out like what that opening blurb should be. And for some reason, there's just always something self-deprecating. <laughs> like, And sometimes there's like a really important beginning that would be like a really good lead-in. But then I just say something stupid, and then that ends up being the beginning blurb. Probably like this will be the beginning blurb. <laughs> like, anyway, what do I know? I'm eight minutes in. I've already done the blurb twice. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Oh, I, I missed the applause button. I'm not awesome. Um, so I, I didn't really have anything specific to talk about. I do want to talk about this dogma thing because it's kind of important. But then something else sort of just struck me recently. And I have not had a chance to run this by my normal um, check. <laughs> I guess, like, everybody has, like, a group of people, right? Like, you can run stuff by and be like, dude, am I completely insane or is this actually just sort of happening, right? So I have that for different things, um, you know, that go on in the world and stuff like that. And I have not run this by, I have not run this by that particular group. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm in this weird situation. Like, okay, so we're going to play the Cravings Train Show um, on July 8th. Uh, 89 North, and that's awesome. Like, I love playing with those guys. And Jimmy asked me if we'd play with him, and I was like, cool, let me just check it out. We went back and forth a little bit about some things. And like, yeah, man, thanks. And I, uh, yeah, and we're gonna, we're gonna do it. And, you know, um, I, I really do just appreciate being asked. Like, as simple as that sounds, like, I appreciate being asked to do something. Like, it's like, it, you can advance it into, like, you know, it's nice to be included, and it's like, yes, I want to be a part of those things, but, like, I guess the very first part of it is it's it's nice to be asked. And I think I've spent a lot of time in bands kind of cultivating, like, whatever, whatever sort of following or whatever that the band has. But, like, also, like, the want to work with us kind of aspect. Like, I've got bands, like, all over the country that I think, I, th- I thought... I thought we could just up and play with, like, if we were ever, like, kind of in the area. Like, I feel like we have really good relationships with fans. And, um, I do. And I definitely have good relationships with fans around here. I just, I've, I've had a weird batch of not being asked to do things lately after being kind of asked to do them initially. (laughs) This is now, I'm now up to my very third band recently uh, that was like, yeah, we definitely want you to be a part of something. And then when the something happens, nothing, not a message, not a phone call, not nothing. And I absolutely 100% get in my head about stuff like that. I, I get in my head about stuff like that a lot more than I used to because I... It's it's not that it's not that I like to be like you know all ignorance is bliss and stuff like that, but like sometimes being a little aloof and and not getting bogged down in the details and the minutia of things is a much healthier way to be. And it and it kind of like I don't work I don't work in an office, right? I haven't worked in an office like like the office office. I haven't worked in one of those. Uh, I guess since ever, right? Like I've never really had that kind of job. I work in them in the sense that like I will go to them from time to time and as like a support contractor kind of thing, right? Like I set up networks, networks and software and I go in for meetings. And a lot of times like I have companies that I know well uh, that I've been, you know, a part of, like, you know, I have my biggest accounts in North Carolina. Like when I go there, I sit there for like a week and I, and I'm actually like an at desk employee. 
Um, but you know, like you just you hear little bits and pieces, like when you're involved and stuff like that. And in the virtual era, like more people are familiar with that. But that existence has been most of my existence as an employee. So I've never really had uh, that or the training to be involved in like office politics or office drama. Um, I also tend, uh, I guess, historically have tended. To sort of not notice when people are just screwing me over or stabbing me in the back or stuff. Um, because I tend to have my own relationships with people. And as long as the front-facing relationship of that is what I'm expecting of it, I'm not really looking for the backstabbing. Like, I just... Like, I don't... Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like people are, like, going out of their way to, to screw me over. Like, I feel like... Th- and maybe it's a self-deprecating thing, but like I honestly don't think I'm worth the trouble of going through all that. And you know, like when when a lot of the shit went down with like uh, LTOB, and I kind of found out what was really happening behind the scenes, I was I was really shocked because like not only had I not known it, <laughs> like um, I didn't see it coming because there and and even when it did come, like I still saw. I guess I, st- I saw I saw no logic to it, right? Like they were just it didn't make any sense. And you know we've been treated badly, uh, we've been treated quite badly by by several bands over the years. Um, I know that uh, uh, Face the King had black all but blackballed us or blacklisted us from a couple of shows, um, and I don't even remember what the reason was. Um, there was something. There was. There was there was something, but I remember even talking to Joey about it like years later, and he was like, "Yeah, man, and that's why we don't invite you on any shows." And I was like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like now, to be fair, and in Joey's defense, years after that, like he actually apologized basically for being such a douche all the entire time he was in Face the King, and I, you know, re- truly respected that. Like I thought that was. I thought that was a big deal to actually take time out of your day to, to say that kind of stuff because I think it was, right? So, um, but it's it just, it's not representative of like the only time that's ever happened. Like, and it's, and it's weird. Like it's, I guess, I guess in a band, band way, it's like being dumped for the prettier girl. Um, I, I don't know. Like I watched a lot of eighties movies, right? Like, so. I kind of know like that formula, uh, and and that's just kind of like what it always felt like. But it was funny because whenever like I would talk those things out with people, like people like I respected and trusted and stuff like that, like the funny thing on it is that it never seems to really make a difference. Like it doesn't do anything for anybody to do that. Like what it does in my less than extensive experience, what it seems to do is every time that happens to me personally and my band specifically it feels like just a little jenga block gets pulled out of whatever foundation or fortress or whatever we were kind of working on because it's clearly a situation where it's like i've lost something that i thought i could inherently trust and that that's kind of a weird thing right like it's 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 a weird it's a weird place to be in because like when you think of like when I think of like bands I want to play with and stuff like like I don't really kind of go through the scorecard of like oh yeah they didn't do this they didn't do this they didn't do this but we did that like I just don't like I really kind of think like what bands could we play with like I had mentioned it at the time but when we were um, when we were doing the Village Pub show uh, I was going to add a fourth band to it um, 
I was talking to, to TC, who owns it, and she was like, why don't we just keep it at three? It was very, you know, post-COVID and stuff like that. Like, let's just keep it three. And there's absolutely no way that we could have um, not added a fourth band time-wise. It would have been just fine, and the audience would have been, would have been fine. But, like, I was, I was going to ask... Um, Eddie from I Ignite and uh, Farewell Fire to basically pick one of those two bands and come play with us because I thought it's really been quite long enough that we haven't played together and it's stupid reasons that we don't and I like even though Eddie and I see things differently on a couple of things and I'm not actually sure what straw broke that particular camel's back um, but you know we don't we don't speak I I talk to Eddie's <laughs> Eddie's dad often enough because Sam and I see things eye to eye um, but and I talked to his bandmates, like I talked to you know Stefan and Corey uh, on occasion and stuff like that. And of course, I talked to Joey, uh, who I guess is still in. I, I can't even keep track. <laughs> and that that's not a slam. Please don't take any offense to that at all. I just I, I really cannot keep track all the time. Um, but I you know wanted him to be like just pick a band and just like get up on stage with us. Let's, let's kind of do that, like because that seems more important to me like it, it just does and it's funny too because like in the converse like when that's done to me like i remember saying to uh jimmy when they asked us about uh the 89 north show and i was like you know we just played stereo garden and didn't draw particularly well um that i mean but we did we did we outdrew the the headliner as far as i could tell uh from from the actual ticket sales and the people is still in the room at the time but like it um, I said to him, I was like, I don't, I don't know. It could fare we- really well because a lot of people did, couldn't make the last show in Patchogue, so they'll make this new show. But the reality is my band's from Long Beach, right? Like, that's like an hour and a half. It's easier for us to draw into Jersey at that point than my guys to draw from there. And um, the the irony, I suppose, is, is that any sort of eastern Long Island fan base that I have is already going to go to the show because Craving Strange is playing so I was like I'm not really going to add anything in terms of people and seats but I will add value to it and Jimmy in typical Jimmy fashion was like yeah man (laughs) all I really want like it'll definitely enhance and make the product more attractive so somebody was on the fence about going all the way to Patchogue to see one band or the other be like well I'm going to go see both because they're playing there like that's that's been a lot of what uh, Craving Strange and Rebel 9 has done over the years it's not really about um well, it's definitely about us having fun on stage, but as far as the fan and the consumer, it's always about the value add. Like, we're not doubling the price because there's two bands on there. If there's, but you know, if you're like, I don't really want to go out tonight. Oh, both of them are playing for ten bucks or twelve bucks or fifteen bucks or whatever the hell it is. Like, I always thought that was a much bigger value add. And I remember like doing one show at Revolution. It was like five bands that like. Pretty much, if you pulled anybody in the audience, they were all friends of it, and we were just selling it as like, yeah, it's basically two dollars a band, and like, where the hell else are you gonna find that deal? But, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I was gonna say something, but oh yeah, so over the course of the you know past recent whatever, uh, I've had three situations in which bands have specifically said to me, it's like, yeah, we're gonna do this thing, we definitely want you on it, and then when it comes up. It's just, it's nothing but crickets. And I, I am literally trying to process that, process that out. I know things are a little bit different in the post-COVID world, and that's fine, because they are. Uh, and I understand that. And if you are looking for, you know, substantial draw in certain places over 
I don't know, that like like I said with with craving, like a value add, um, then I understand that too. I just I I don't understand why it's not warranted warranting a conversation. Like, don't have the first conversation, right? Like, if you never said like we want you on this. Like, I wouldn't be like, cool, I'm expecting to be on this. Or, you know, like in one of these cases, I actually marked the calendar. It's like, it's going to be around here at one point. And then the date, like, kind of came and went. And the announcement was like up. And it was like, oh, you know. And only one of them did I actually bring up to the person. And I just got a completely unsatisfactory answer, which was just like, yeah, well, you know, it just didn't work it out. I'm like, that's still a message, man. It's, it's like, you said, we wanted you to do this. And. You know, sending me crickets is it's not it's not really cool. <laughs> like in my in my opinion. Like I mean I understand like if you're like, Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get coffee one day, like that's that's fine. Like I mean that's that's you know, it's 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 not a you know, expected thing, right? Like it's like oh yeah, we want you for a CD release. It's like okay, that sounds awesome, I'd love to do that. Like, oh cool, there goes a CD release. It's so weird, like totally not on that bill like and honestly like i can't even do all of them so it doesn't really it doesn't matter in the long run but like for me personally because i'm just like slightly a mental case about that kind of stuff like i'm just burying that insult right here because that's where i feel those things like i that's how i'm wired and i'm sorry if anyone takes offense to it it's not about you it's about me like this is completely about the way that i process things and that's that's a big thing about life right and understanding like social situations and how social things work and like if you're a fan of the four agreements like that's the whole thing like it's never it's never really about like the other people it's about how like this person is processing whatever and in this particular case i it's me i am that person and i am not processing it properly like i really should be like yeah man that's that's cool it's fine and i would be i think if i've got some sort of explanation or answer but again when you're just laying in bed at 4 30 in the morning because i guess that's what you do these days you're just like why the hell did that go down that way and i just don't have an answer and a lot of times i just need an explanation like just an explanation would be would be just fine and a real one like a real honest one like i'm 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 pretty adult like i'm a i'm i'm like post-adult like maximum adult at this point like i really can't handle this whether or not i like it or not is something completely irrelevant but i very rarely hold grudges against people for like truly being honest with me like well yep i understand that i don't like it but like you know once i understand something i feel like i can move on it's the not understanding and me having to fill in all those blanks that are the worst because i again am just totally crazy when it comes comes to that kind of stuff and i will fill in all those blanks so I guess the moral of this story, because I'm not getting to my dogma stuff again, is like, if you're going to screw me over, please do it like so behind my back that I don't really see it until it explodes in my face mainly, and then I can just see all of it at once. Uh, is that better than actually just like slow, slowly getting fucked over? I don't know the answer to that. I think I'm going to turn to the chat for that. So if you're around and inclined to give me an answer on that, the question of the day is, would you like to be getting fucked over the entire time and then not know it until it spectacularly explodes in front of you? Or would you like to just be aware that you're getting slowly fucked over so you so you can prevent the initial, or the, the, the Yosemite uh, super volcano version of it at the end? I, I don't know. So I'd be interested in to see what you guys think because... I'm still trying to figure it out, because I guess I don't like either one of them, and I guess that makes me the dick. And uh, I guess that's the lesson for today, right? Like, what we learn here in the top 20? I'm the dick. Is this the first time we've learned it? Of course not. This is for you guys. It's a little icky thump, which I 
think describes this? Probably not. Who cares? Hard Rock Lunch Box. I have got to tell you, without question, that version of Easy from Faith No More is one of the single greatest covers ever done for so many reasons, aside from just being a great song and a great cover. But I will tell you, the conversation that led to that being on the show also spawned a couple other songs that are going to make it onto the show today. So it, you might want to strap in or strap on, like I'm not here to make any judgments, uh, but you might want to strap in and get ready for some... some some, some weird stuff because that stuff is that stuff is happening. What's not weird uh, is that we have a new request in for today. Apparently, Donna is mad at everybody on the male side of the spectrum, and honestly, who could blame her? But the angriest female thing that I could come up with is our very own Jackknife Stiletto, and I think you can all just gather together with me and give a big applause for the He-Man, She-Man, He-Man, Woman Haters Club. I've, I forget. It's Drama King on the box. And then Facebook really just knows how to ruin your whole goddamn day, right? Like, I'm just, as I keep saying, like, I'm really not on it all that often. Like, I'm only ever on it for one of two reasons, right? But, like, today was one of those reasons. Like, I had to go on 
and uh, just I changed my cover photo just to basically remind people that it's Thursday. Because honestly, I don't. If I had a reminder, I think I'd probably blow right through these shows. Uh, but yeah, so there I am, just completely minding my own business, completely minding my own business. Go in and change my cover photo, and then Facebook just pops up. It's like some big notification. I'm like, cool. I definitely screwed something up. So I look, and I'm reading this notification. Sure as shit, there it is right in front of me. Like, I am now a top fan of Dino Skate Park. I mean, is there anything worse than that? Like, I've got to get rid of that in the worst way. I kid. I kid. I kid because I can. How about that one? What do you think of that? Is a little Dino Skate Park doing uh, every time I die, which... Every dino dies, skate dies, park. I'll, I'll stop. Hard rock lunch box. All right, now, a week or two ago, I made the mistake of playing a brand new song from the band Lit. It turns out that Jimmy and myself are the only people on earth that like it, so I'll get you an old Lit song that I think everybody likes and I have not heard in probably 15 years. So this is for you. All you anti-new lit people, which is most of you. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I had a lot of trouble clicking that. I think I could hear the clicking. But anyway, I'll try that again. Uh, Someone has a birthday today, and it's Phil from Crash Transit, I believe. Uh, Looks like he's turning 37 again, man. You're looking great, buddy. It's happened yet again in America. Another deadly school shooting. Three students killed, at least eight others injured, including a teacher. The suspected gunman is in custody. He's 15 years old. The 58th shooting on school grounds this year.
lunch box. Yeah, I don't play a lot of Grateful Dead on this show for like a reason, but I literally had like two songs <laughs> ready to go, and I haven't even ruled out the second one. That, of course, was Counting Crows cover "Friend of the Devil," which I I heard for the very first time. I don't know whenever that record came out um, on the Howard Stern show, and if you've like whatever your feelings are about Howard Stern and his show, like first of all, he happens to be the greatest interviewer there is. I mean, he's even like better than like me and Mikey and Jimmy combined. Like he really, really is. But he also, because of the show that he has, has such widespread appeal with some of the most talented musicians. And I swear to God, I heard that song on there and I was like, this is one of the greatest songs ever. And it's like, oh, it's a Grateful Dead song. It's like, well, all right, well, I guess I still kind of like it. <laughs> I just had to kind of go through it like that. But, uh, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's kind of that's what's up. You know, um, I was kind of uh, commenting on a post uh, regarding, um, like, uh, laws based on Christian beliefs and why that's not the way that it works in um, in a country like ours where there's, like, Absolutely, separation of church and state. It's in the actual constitution that charters our country, right? Like, it's kind of, it's not really negotiable. Like, that's kind of there. And it's just, it's always struck me as funny because there are so many people that constantly insist that this, you know, America is like a Christian country, um, you know, and, and like, like, do you know, like, we didn't even, like, really celebrate Christmas? <laughs> Like, if you've ever watched, like, any sort of history or read any history of, like, the United States, like, Christmas wasn't really a big thing until the German immigrants came in. Like, like that that's a relatively new phenomenon. Like, you can go back, like, maybe a century and a half and find where they just kind of really weren't doing Christmas and stuff like that. Like, And then now it's, like, the high holy day and people are talking about, like, the war on Christmas. It's, like, you're just misunderstanding and misrepresenting, like, what the country is basically based on. It's, like, and, and as I said, like, you know... Christianity has its own has its own laws. It's got at least the ten that we all know. I mean, that nobody really knows, but we know that ten exist. I think we could probably name like three or four unless you went to Sunday school, right? Like something about like you know, no pork, uh, don't kill anybody, don't steal your neighbor's wife or ox. Shows you kind of there. Actually, I think ox is listed first, right? Like don't cover covet thy neighbor's whatever lawnmower. I don't remember exactly. I did not go to Sunday school. Also, I'm a Lutheran, so which is great because I was actually raised uh, Presbyterian and then converted to Lutheran. So I am—I have never been Catholic, nor will I ever want to be Catholic. Because I got to tell you, that looks awful. And no offense to my Catholics out there, like, yeah, peace out. Um, but man, it's just—it's so funny to argue with people that like and refuse to like understand and acknowledge that this country is not based on. Christianity or Christian laws and like I'm going to say this and then you're going to be like oh yeah I remember that so you like so many times Republican and conservative members of Congress both the House and the Senate just flip out over stuff being Sharia law like I got news for you like Sharia law has absolutely just as much place in our legal system as Christian law right because there's the answer is no <laughs> The answer is no. No place does it belong in there. So, like, if you if you ever see anybody like arguing against like Muslim law or Sharia law or anything like that, just replace the word with the word Christian, and like that should be applicable as well. And then read it to yourself and just like 
kind of acknowledge like how that would never fly in this country. And I love the fact that the very first argument is like, it says in God we trust, and we put our hand on the Bible in court. Yeah, that's some archaic shit that we just kind of carried over to the common the common era. I mean, like, eventually we'll probably be done with it, because if you're having somebody swear on a Bible that's a devout atheist, like big deal like do you promise to not you know to not tell any lies do you like swear on the life of the boogeyman like yeah man all day long no problem like seriously if somebody wanted me to swear on the life of like matt gates like i would make up lies right there just so you know he could stop sex trafficking 17-year-old girls. But that's just me because I'm a good Christian. And we can talk about what it means to be a good Christian. Uh, my new Sunday show, Hard Rock Sunday School Box, starting absolutely never because I'm not getting up to do that. So forget it. Sorry if you were excited for a second. I just want to just remove that so nobody makes any mistakes. Now, what I want to do now is I want to talk about how goddamn talented uh, Johnny Resnick is as a songwriter and the Goo Goo Dolls are as a band because... I, like, I have been listening to this band, well, uh, honestly, I've been listening to this band since Name came out, because that's when the entire country heard of this band that had been around for like 10 years. Yeah, I was a little bit younger then, not much, but a little bit, and I just remember thinking, like, wow, what a great song, and then like having, like, you know, I bought that record, A Boy Named Goo, and it was good, and then they did Dizzy Up the Girl, which is probably one of the better records ever released in the world or universe ever, and then just constantly, constantly, constantly putting out good music. And I don't know why, but every now and then, maybe like once or twice a year, I just go totally full, like, just everything Goo Goo Dolls, because it just, it's so goddamn good. And like, on Spotify, like, you just hit the artist, like, play on artist. The Goo Goo Dolls have been a band for 20, 30 years at this point, so there is a lot of material out there. If I fast forward or skip one song, like... It's first of all, it's a Robbie song, and I feel bad saying that, but like, yeah, could you imagine, like, if we just like in Rebel Nine, we decided to like do a, a lot of songs, and like, okay, we're gonna let Kaz sing this song. Now, honestly, I think it would probably be the greatest song ever if I get Kaz sing lead on a song. And to be perfectly honest, I've been trying to get Noodle to sing Sabotage for years, and he won't because he's just basically just a pussy. That's right, I said it. He's a pussy. Actually, I don't know. It actually comes down to more like he starts singing Beastie Boys and he blows his voice out in about one line because he's not a professional. And he's also a pussy. I'm kidding. He'd laugh at that joke if he knew how to find this online because it's, you know, an online radio station and there's like little chance that he'll ever hear it. But like, that's cool. So I don't even remember which one this is from, but I was like, yeah, I haven't heard this song in a really long time. So I went to grab it and had found it already in my Hard Rock Lunchbox library. So I'm like, I'm just going to play it again because that's what's up. Hard Rock Lunchbox. You know, every now and then on here on the Hard Rock Lunchbox, box or blocks on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I play stuff that really just doesn't belong here, and the only reason I really have is because like, I just felt like hearing it. Well, I just pulled this one out of the archives. I don't think I've ever played it on here. I couldn't even tell you the last time I heard the song, but I remember it being really, really catchy. So this could either be really great or really bad. And it's only just a shame that Q isn't here so we can get his coworkers' approval or disapproval on the following. Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right. By a show of hands, who knows what Sagittarius A is. I'm not talking about your sign. No one cares about your sign. 
Your sign also doesn't predict your behavior. Your sign is an excuse for your behavior that you are shitty enough to have. Just keep that in mind. Unless, of course, you're an Aquarius, in which case it's exactly what you're supposed to be. So, so Sagittarius A, anyone? Sagittarius A uh, is the giant, really, really giant black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Milky Way galaxy is the galaxy that we currently live in. Yes, there is a giant, supermassive black hole in the center of our galaxy that we all kind of spin around. You ever wonder why we kind of spin around? Well, gravity does that. You know what has a really, like a whole lot of gravity? Black holes. You know what a black hole in the middle of our gravity is? Sagittarius A. Well, if you check around the science world today, you will see they released the very first pictures of this black hole. And it is effing so cool. It actually is so cool. It kind of looks... Like um, like a spaghettio, like if you guys remember, if you guys remember back to when like your parents didn't love you and gave you cans of spaghetti. Does anybody remember that? Because I do. <laughs> Not anything wrong with spaghettios. It looks like a spaghettio, but here it is. Known as Sagittarius A, the object is a staggering four million times the mass of our sun. And if you're playing at home, it's only a few pounds heavier than me. So like even I'm afraid of it. What you see in this picture is a central disk region where the hole resides, circled by the light coming from superheated gas accelerated by immense gravitational forces. For scale, the ring is roughly the size of Mercury's orbit around our star. Mercury is our first planet, smallest planet, all of this stuff. But that's how big this goddamn thing is. Like, it could fit the sun and Mercury in without actually having to move anything. Uh, so, yeah, that's about 60 million kilometers or 40 million miles across. Fortunately, this monster is a long, long way away, some 26,000 light years in the distance. So there's no possibility of us ever coming to any danger. Well, that's good news. But if you get a chance, check it out. Sagittarius A, just search for, like, black hole on Google. I'm sure it'll come up. It's a very kind of cool technological nerd moment sort of thing. So check it out. You know what else is kind of cool? Do you guys remember when we played Mulcahy's, like, forever ago? Actually, it was, like, November ago. Does anybody remember that? And we had a lot of live footage. We had uh, Jake uh, from State Farm, but also from uh, Fall of House Productions come in and shoot that video. And then we asked everybody for their video from their phones uh, to make a live video of Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Well, that video is done. Jake sent me the final render last night. To be honest, I have yet to look at it, but I only had one change that he said he had fixed. And I assume that he fixed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the video's done. Jake did a great job, and we'll be releasing that very soon. Jake is also going to be involved in our next project that also happens to be going down around, I don't know, June 25th. But more on that in a minute, maybe.
lunch box. Yeah, man, y'all want a single say, uh. <laughs> can't go wrong with corn, man. Just can't. Uh, I was just reading this article here. I don't know that I have a formal opinion on it yet, but it's from Vice, which I really, I really like their insight. This is something I hadn't considered. They're talking about the fact that um, every year, about 55,000 newly pregnant women end up incarcerated in jails and prisons in the U.S. Uh, now, granted, um, uh, and about 4% of all newly incarcerated women are pregnant. And the fall of Roe threatens to further strip away the few rights they actually have, advocates say. And it actually goes on to say, like, states differ in how they handle these situations. And there are some states where it's just poised, like most of the states actually, where it's poised to um, force the the newly incarcerated woman to have, uh, to, to, to give birth. Even though, even if they're well within their six weeks, like that they're allowed to, uh, they'll force these women to give birth and then immediately take the child away into, I guess, the state. Like, I don't, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Like, if you make a woman give birth and then forcibly remove the child from the woman because she's incarcerated and doesn't actually have those rights, like, like, what are we doing? Like, what, and, and, and I know, like, these are unusual cases and stuff, like, but, Things are things should be meant to protect people for uh, you know for these unusual cases, right? Like if everything else is normal, like there really shouldn't be a lot of problems, right? You can have disagreements, you can figure that stuff out, but like a lot of laws are really kind of for extreme cases, and it's just like as this comes out and this is being thought out more and more. By the way, if you want to like read about like all these things that are going on, like just definitely. Definitely check into the ACLU. A lot of people push back on me for being a supporting member of the ACLU, but like, just so we're clear, it's the American Civil Liberties Union. Like, their entire mantra is protecting your constitutional rights. Like, why everyone isn't a member of the ACLU, it just blows my mind. Like, they are literally there to protect your rights as an American citizen based on the Constitution. Like, I, I don't know. All right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to play something heavy because I need to need to hear something heavy and like i just realized it's actually not something heavy not the band something heavy it's a some song heavy so my apologies to all something heavy fans but maybe i'll get to that by the end of the box but uh yeah i was in the mood for this so here it is hard rock lunch box i gotta tell you man i I love a song like that. It's like story from start to finish. Like there is like, maybe it's a metaphor. Maybe it's none of my business, but like, and Amy Lee, man, just one of the best vocalists of all time. And certainly one of the top female ones for sure. Uh, just great job. So I guess this is appropriate. Anybody want to talk about what's going on on June 25th? Okay. I'm going to give you a sneak peek because you're the Hard Rock Lunchbox listening audience. You guys are awesome. And we're going to, I think, announce, hopefully, finally, uh, this week or this weekend anyway. Uh, it is ta- it is completely my fault that it's taken so long to actually get this uh, get this out and get this information together. 100% my fault. Um, there's really no reason in going into the whys of it. But just know that it's me. It's not my band. It's no- Nobody else is causing me any problems. It's completely me. But here's the deal. So... As many of you probably know, uh, Rebel 9 is basically the rolled-over version of G. Davey. And 
when I was in GDAV, I was writing all the songs that would eventually be on the first Rebel Nine record, The Razorblade Diaries. What happened is that before, and there really is basically a demo version of The Razorblade Diaries as GDAV. Like, I have it, and maybe one day I'll release something like that. Uh, but what happened is we decided to totally rewrite, rebrand, and rework, and reproduce the entire record to be what would become the Razorblade Diaries, which was the very first Rebel 9 record. It came out 11 years ago this June, uh, June 21st, to be, spe- to be specific, June 21st, 2011. And uh, I don't think I'm going so far to say that it changed a lot about how things were done around here. Certainly how we did things as a band, how we presented ourselves as a band. Other bands that we were playing with at the time took notice and understood the differences that we were making and a lot of them were making going to start making them for themselves. So like while it wasn't groundbreaking or anything like that, it was definitely if not a veer to the right, a hard right at least, or if not a hard right, at least a slight veer to the right uh, in, in terms of scope and change it, uh, change in what constituted a quality record uh, and what kind of work actually went into those those kinds of things. So for me, it was a complete game changer because it would go on to change the way that I would look at recording and songwriting and band management and all that other stuff. It changed absolutely everything for me. Uh, prior to the Razorblade Diaries, I wouldn't even have considered like going back and rewriting a song because it just wasn't working. And now I do that kind of all the time. I was actually just doing that at the very last band practice on Tuesday night. I was reworking one of the songs that we currently have in the in the pipeline for for new singles and stuff because I don't like the way it's going right now. So I'm working on a part. Like that's that's a big deal. One of the things about the Razorblade Diaries that's important is that. It's the G. Davy members. Like, it's the G. Davy members even before Matt Dower joined the bands, right? So it's just basically me, Mike, and Ray. So Mike and Ray are no longer in the band. Uh, after Matt passed, we just didn't continue with that version of the band, and that's fine. Like, I have a new band. It's been stable for nine years at this point, or coming up on nine years, which is a big deal. And these guys have been playing these songs for that time and kind of internalizing them and making them their own. Uh, and that's why when you hear the songs now they're just not very much different. I mean, it's the same song, but it might as well be a cover of basically the original record. The other thing you kind of need to know is that a lot of what went into the diaries was me trying to find my new path, and I wasn't actually always on sure footing, which is why sometimes I listen back to the vocals in the Razorblade Diaries, and I want to just smother my ears with ice picks because I cannot believe how bad some of that is in my head. At the time, it was the best I could do, but a lot of the time, it was me just singing to a direction and not necessarily singing because I felt a certain way or all that other stuff that would kind of go on to make the reality crush and then eventually do no harm a much better record in my uh, in my opinion and again that's that's all my opinion but I, I think it bears out when you see things live and so um, before the 10th anniversary of the race of Blade diaries we had considered maybe just sort of re-recording the record um, and then we kind of morphed that idea into there's really no reason to redo this in the studio, but there might be a reason to redo this live. And even though we couldn't pull that off for the 10th anniversary because we didn't know where we were going to do it or how we were going to do it once we kind of lost all our venues, we have figured out a way to do that now. So, in a nutshell, and honestly, if you guys, anybody that's going to listening to the show is probably likely to come 
uh, to it. So I want you guys to know that the plan is, is on June 25th, we are recording a live record. And not just any live record. We're basically reworking and redoing the Razorway Diaries live. Something I've wanted to do for years. It's something that I think will cap a really nice legacy for that record for me and my current band and any diehard and original fan of the band i think it is something you will never see this band do again um we are doing it as best as we can we're focusing it was very important for me to focus on the audio uh and the staging to make sure that we could record this properly because really 10 years from now what's going to matter is how it sounds on you know spotify or whatever and not necessarily the memories of the people that are going to be there even though that's important too we wanted to be able to give a true representation of the audio we were trying to capture these versions of these songs especially songs like another mistake which i was never ever satisfied with the recording of it is a much better song live than it ever was on any record and i'm looking really hard to try and capture that so what we decided to do is we basically rented out kind of a sound stage kind of a networking party room and that's what we're going to be doing so we have this room it's going to be us doing the razor blade diaries live we're probably going to play it twice so we have options to pick from um we are bringing in food we are like food and snacks and we're bringing in drinks it's probably going to be not it's probably not going to be alcohol because they asked us to kind of not to do liquor sorry it's going to be alcohol not liquor it's going to be like beers and like uh, like white claw like hard seltzers uh whatever kind of wine sort of things we can find in cans and stuff like that so we're going to be providing the food snacks and drinks so you guys aren't going to be spending extra money uh it is going to be a pretty pricey ticket though it will be under 50 bucks for sure uh i know that because it's going to we're, we're trying to work out the price point um we're basically trying to make this happen so that anybody that wants to come is basically also satisfying the satisfaction the the goal of trying to support the band too right like i could do this and just give it away for free but uh, and i don't i don't want to do that i want people that want to be there that are invested in the band that are actually literally investing in the band that want us to succeed that want this to be good and because of that we've also limited tickets it's only going to be like 45 tickets that we're going to make available for this so when it does go on sale i you know i'm expecting people to to get on it and i know there are people that are waiting to be a part of this and that's awesome but that's that's kind of the deal uh also we're bringing on a very special guest our very own sam pollitt is going to be opening the show for us so you basically get sam for free and you get to hear the razor blade diaries live twice we'll we'll mix it up we're not animals and stuff like that and then we basically need everybody to just be really psyched to be there and we will take care of the rest and that's the plan so that's what you got to look forward to June 25th. I hope I didn't turn anybody off of the idea because that was not my point. I'm really just trying to get people to get really excited about something like this because, like I said, this is this is going to be one night only. It's going to be one time. Uh, I can't imagine ever being in a situation where this band would do it again. So that's what's up. So 11 years ago, we did uh, we did a record called Razorblade Diaries, and now in about a month and a half, a month and a week, we're gonna do it again. So. You might want to learn this one.
just a bit. Yeah, man, I just realized something. I had asked Kaz to put together a flyer for this show, and that'll be part of the reveal that we're going to do. Not reveal, uh, event release information when we we put this out. And I do have the image of you sent me a screenshot of the flyer we was working on, and I'm not making fun of Kaz at all if you're listening. I'm not. I might be making fun of George a little bit, but I'm not making fun of Kaz at all. But I do have a screenshot of the first flyer he made, the first stab, and it has the wrong date on it. So I'm thinking I might print out a couple of those and just make them sign it for maybe like the first ten ticket holders. What do you, anybody want a you know, Razorblade Diaries Live June 26th poster signed by the man? I think I could get in on something like that. So, yeah, man, putting something together like this has an awful lot of landmines. Fortunately, my friends at Craving Strange have a song that fits that perfectly. What a coincidence. Or am I just the greatest segue master of all times? No, it's just a coincidence. Buried by a landslide Of everything a landslide Burning up my hindsight I divide the way Choking on the next line Careful on the landmines Turning up the inside Trying to light the Trying to light the way It's not light I'm not living a life I'm just living a life this time Two ways If there's still time 
looking at a gray sky Thinking about my lifetime Hearing all the right lines I've been trying to say Remembering the last time Wondering how to rewind If reasoning can change minds Why can't I change? Why can't I change? Something that's a complete surprise to absolutely nobody is I did not get through all the songs or stuff I wanted to talk about or play for you today. So I've had to just last minute rearrange the things to play you what I think is going to be the greatest song of all time. And you can argue with me or or disagree, and it's fine. Everyone's allowed to be wrong once in a while. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to my explanation of what we're doing on the 25th of June. Uh, Feel free to tell, I guess, nobody because it's secret or I, I don't know like just but plan on it like and we'll release the information later this week and we'll start uh, ticket sales early next week I think and I do expect it to sell out like as uh, it's it's not it's not conceded because we're limiting tickets so it should sell out like if I had tickets if I had one ticket I'd expect it to sell out like it's kind of like that so I'm just saying it's gonna it's going to sell out so uh, get your tickets tell anybody that would be interested in going uh but yeah man i gotta get the hell on out of here because i am starving i also have to go to the bathroom i could use a drink of water it's just basically a mess also it's almost two o'clock so i'm going to leave you with quite possibly the greatest song ever unfortunately i do not have the story to go go with it but i'll give that to you probably next time if i remember but since i probably won't just have a great week everybody and i'll see you next week on the box hard rock lunch box